my face with toast still <laughs> I've not stopped eating shit all day this is all very likely to come as I age in this world it's gonna catch up eventually <laughs> I can't keep living like this how are you thanks for getting in touch wicked listen I listened to that link you sent me it's mental mate loved it <laughs> Yeah, it was all good, mate. It was like, because what you, what you, what is that? So you got like, like on that one that you sent the link to on, um, on uh, Facebook. So is that one of your? Sorry, I'm literally stuffing toast in my mouth. Hold on. <laughs> is that um, that was one of your artists that you've interviewed, and you, I mean, you've created something. It's not just a podcast, is it? You're doing something creative there, yeah. I think podcast is the best thing to call it from a marketing point of view. Because it is, because you're listening to someone's, you know, it's like people talk, like you say, you know, you're going to interview me, you might just use my voice. Yeah, oh, I was surprised. We both were, me, Dave, me mate Dave said, um, Dave, the bass player, he looked at your face, he went, listen to that thing, it's mental. And I only listened to it this morning, I'm fucking lazy with shit. And uh, caught up with it today, I was lying in bed, I was like, oh yeah. Because when you messaged us, you messaged us chasing, like we'd all forgot about it. We had a gig on Friday night. It was a riot. We had a great night. So um, we've sort of been, you know, you know, when, when, you, when you do a gig and then the build-up to it, it's all intense. And then you sort of, you know, we drop away at the, at the wayside after <laughs> for a couple of days. What have you been listening to? You've been listening to The Highest, yeah? 
the highest is the new album, right? So we've got, I think we've got another eight tunes that come out in previous years. Uh, have you heard that music at all? I feel like that's always been, I don't know, I suppose I delivered it with a punky attitude, really. I am a bit like that, you know what I mean? I'm a Londoner, I'm like, uh, my whole family have been here my whole, you know, for fucking hundreds of years. It's like, it's who we are. Who we are. So that whole, all that, all that culture that came out of London in the 70s and 80s, I've got two older sisters that are like 10 years older than me. So I grew up listening to, you know, all that music, the Clash specials, you know, madness, those sorts of things. That was just our, that was our, that was our culture. Do you know what I mean? That was our, that was the music we listened to in London. You know, 20 years later, it, it, it reflects in our music uh, to a certain extent. But with this new, new album, you should probably be recording this really. Yeah, no, the heist, we sort of, we kind of changed the um, way we approached it really slightly differently. We did, it was more studio based. I mean, we saw the old stuff we banged out as a live band. We learned them and got them, you know, tight, playing them live. You know, we played so many gigs over the years, like fucking hundreds and hundreds, you know. Uh, and just in and, and a small time, really, earning our, earning our cost, to be fair, you know, playing in, in pubs and clubs and wherever we'd have us, really. <laughs> Anyway, with the heist, we sort of kind of, the songs were kind of written away from the studio almost and then taken into a studio setting to build up tracks and we worked with a new producer, uh, Toby Davis. He's fucking, he's well good, man. He's so talented. And, uh, and we, you know, we, we knew we wanted to, you know, evolve our sound a little bit and try and, you know, make it a bit more relevant to today's music. I mean, we've sort of often been, um, you know, put on that level with... Uh, you know the old British scar bands, two tone of that era, and yeah, absolutely, very much. We, you know, that is kind of where we're coming from. But uh, yeah, we wanted to update it essentially and try and, you know, this. I think there's some more poppy production elements to this album than we've done before. But it's interesting to hear you say that there's still the attitude of the punk there and and things like that. spent the time making the album and then we sort of finished it and we we're like well we can't like kind of waste another six months trying to like get a record deal do you know what i mean it's kind of like i don't think it even exists that anymore do you know what i mean 
this is the thing. It's kind of like you're sort of stuck in a in a sort of an old-fashioned um, perspective almost, where it's like, right, you make a you make an album, and you're like, well, you know, aren't you meant to have a publishing deal or a record deal or a label? Do you know what I mean? And it's like, well, yeah, I'm sure they would help, but if it doesn't happen, then what are you going to do with it? You just have to get it out there, didn't you? So, so we sort of released the music as soon as it was done, get it out there, it's finished, mastered. Bosh, get it straight online, and it's and it's now we're kind of trying to publicise it and promote it as best we can, and that will come over the over the course of this year, really. I mean, as we make videos for each, uh, you know, what songs we want to do, that will, that will come in time. So we've made one video, and it's you know obviously it's kind of used to promote the band, right, and the song, and obviously it's in a creative outlook as well. So uh, a release, creative. <laughs> Uh, outpouring so that's what we do play gigs make videos and carry on and try and enjoy it as best we can that's all that's, that's all that really matters Trendy. 
You've smashed it, mate. I'm currently wearing a trilby hat on a slant, sat behind a Chaz and Dave style piano, singing the Lambeth Walk with a bass player out of the clash. Well trendy. You've smashed it, mate. Shelf life. Acting all smug in E4 interviews with a bass player out of the clash. Good move. You've smashed it, mate. Wish I had a drink problem, a Beach Boys haircut, moaning to the Daily Mirror because you have to get up in the morning and play your guitar for lots of money without a drink. <laughs> Fuck off. Try getting out of bed at four in the morning with a crack problem, a cash problem, a real drink problem, like everybody else. Fucking deal with it. Prostitutes on the stairway looking at me like a mistreated cat. I can't do anything for you, darling. I'm sorry. I'll smash walls down like the Incredible Hulk. Then I'll just buy a pint and forget about it. You can smell the wasted energy in any pub you walk into. Blokes waiting for death with about £2.75 left. Nobody asked for this life, so don't fucking blame me if I'm not living it right. right. Well trending. You've smashed it, mate. Shelf life. Yeah. Wish I could put money into people's bank accounts. Conduct intelligent conversation. Thoughtful text messages. Mark, the only difference between you and me is that I have stuck my dick in it. Mark, I fed the monster and she fed mine. You don't even know me. And yet you pass judgment just because you want to stick your dick in it. Mark. Mark. Oi, Mark, shut your mouth. Somebody said the kitty in the office said you did the sleep at mods, so I just said yes straight away. Good lads. Jason, was it? Yes. If 
you come closer to the microphone. Can you hear me okay? So what's been happening here, right, is I've been, in England, I've been really getting into trap music, right? If that happens, just dump it up. And with some of these rhythms we've been working on, which are quite kind of grimy, there's lots of kind of sub-bass in it, which I love. I'm obsessed, being from Bristol, it's a real bass town. I grew up in like reggae sound systems and blah, blah, blah. I just love kind of bass music of all sorts, right? And the stuff I'm really into now at the moment is this trap and the kind of dubbiest part of grime. And as the songs were forming, I remember, I've always been friends with Dennis, I remember how he kind of pulled us all together and glued it all together when we were still at school when we made the first album, Why? And he's a complete, again, coming from the reggae dub tradition, he's a real bass man, right? So I thought Dennis will be great for these songs. But then by chance, one of my old mates, Dave from the Gang of Four, brought Hank Shockley from the Bomb Squad, Public Enemies producer, along to one of our gigs in the States. And Hank loved it. He was like pogoing on stage with us. And I thought, right, Hank would be amazing for a couple of the other songs. And, and Hank's sense of rhythm, and again, his kind of hip hop take on, although we're not making that kind of music, to have those kind of elements, if you hear this stuff on a big speakers or on, or on headphones, I'm really excited about some of the weird kind of hypersonics we're dealing with in the kind of sub basses. We're called the pop group. And this is dedicated to all the transgressives in the audience, home or away. It's called Saint Outrageous. I just want to give you something to remember me by. Amazing. I mean, I still I see those guys a lot. Those, the story was right. I sh you know, this is a pop group interview, but the story was we went to we, we were in New York a lot. We even played the pop group. Even played in Philly. We played at the Starlight Ballroom or something where they filmed Alan Freed shows. Right. So we're straight to New York out of school. Right in New York, loads. Us and the gang of four were really really hip in New York, playing like Danceteria, Tier Tier Three. When all the when all the when all the no wave New York stuff was kicking off, right? Suddenly we're in this we're in this rundown apartment. We had little ghetto blasters. Our roadie at the time, who's John Beals, is dead now. Amazing guy. He was just playing about with a radio station. Suddenly I hear these kind of road drill pile driver kind of drum sounds. It was an early Red Alert DJ program on WBLS, one of African Bambata Zulu Nation DJs, right? As soon as the pop group split up, right? I found that drummer which was Keith LeBlanc. I, I went and found Doug Wimbish because of his work on Tommy Boy and, and the Sugar Hill Gang stuff and Skip, right? Be able to work for, for those guys, right, who are like complete and utter a rhythm factory for 
to, to come to England and play with a nutter like me and, t and, and not just laugh is, is, is amazing. I don't know how I get to, you know, it's, it's like some of the reggae guys we work with. It's, 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 I'm, I'm honoured. You know, I'm still that little boy from Bristol. I can't believe that I, that I get to work with such amazing people, you know. Ask my husband that. <laughs> so, um, Days to Confused is really quite a cool story, if I'm honest with you, and you couldn't have picked a better one for me to talk about because it was totally an, just an organic choice for a cover. Um, as you may or may not know, a lot of independent labels um, and bigger labels as well, they like their artists to do at least one cover on a on an album just for um, kind of to help with marketing, to help with kind of compilations and all that sort of thing. Sometimes it rides on the back of that being a great song to start with, blah, 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 blah. So anyway, so we had to choose something. And we kind of thought, well, rather than doing something generic uh, and trying to cover another soul track, because to be honest, what's the point? We're a soul band. If we're going to do another soul track, we'll just write another soul track. Um, we thought, let's do something a bit kind of outside the box um, and that comes from kind of a completely different genre of music, a different fan base that, you know, technically that would be interested in it. Um, and we were actually teetering around the idea of doing... Um, a different uh, uh, Led Zeppelin track and various other things that we've been talking about, kind of a um, Baby Huey, Hard Times um, and a couple of other bits and bobs that kind of popped up over the, the year or so that we were writing. Um, and 
then in the studio during what was I think literally like a fag and a wee break um, the rhythm section started just jamming around the Days to Confused riffs and Malcolm Cato, absolute hero, legend, magician, so many positive words I can say about him. Um, <laughs> he just kind of walked in and went, guys, this is pretty cool. Keep working on it. Just just, just keep going with this. Just, you know, indulge me. And quite frankly, it just happened. Um, the rhythm section laid down an absolutely astonishing groove. The guitar parts, the piano, everything is just 100% awesome. And the horns then kind of came in and just messed about, improvised some stuff, quickly jotted some lines down and did it. And then I swanned in um, and picked up a piece of paper, listened to kind of all of the versions, including, dare I say, the most uh, the most influential version, which was Jake Holmes' original. Um, and we chose quite a lot of lyrics that were from his original version um, and kind of uh, magpied, really, from that and the Led Zepp version um, and made kind of a narrative that was slightly different to, to the Led Zepp um, Jimmy Page version. So, really, Days of Confused kind of happened through chance um, and through the ability for everybody in the band to just kind of relax, go with an idea and, yeah, put down a cool groove. It sounds like it was probably one of the most uh, painstakingly orchestrated things on the album, but I promise you it really wasn't. my marriage is is great you know we've i've found my absolute soulmate sorry another reach for the bucket moment here but you know it's not always been like that um i have a lot of baggage from previous relationships and various other things that have happened in my life and uh, yeah i think that that has been a, an element certainly to the to the lyrical content there is a there is a certain sense of uh autobiographical content um but the majority of the of album two and album one, actually, there's not actually a huge amount of, of lyrical content that I wrote. Basically, the lyrical content's been brought to me by other songwriters that are in, either in the band or friends with the band. And what's really interesting is that all of them are men. But having said that, I think that it's a, it's a kind of genre-specific topic, isn't it? You know, you find a huge amount of soul music and also pop and R&B and 
country and God knows. It's all, you know, everybody wants to talk about heartbreak and losing love and being in a shitty relationship and being abused and whatever. You know, those those are topics that aren't exactly new. You know, they're, <clears throat> they're, as, they're, as, they're as old as, as Moses. So they're they're kind of stereotypical topics to pick for for a soul album so everything you need to know is all on our facebook page just search hannah williams and the affirmations um you can also look us up on our um uh, not website sorry our record labels website which is recordkicks.com the album's available on every platform you can imagine including spotify itunes amazon bandcamp well fantastic to speak with you <laughs> and good questions that was that was that was a that was a good probing <laughs> big thanks to the kubricks Mark Stewart and the Pop Group and Hannah and the Affirmations for passing through. Please get home safely. Love you lots. <laughs>